avengers night clouds revenge harassment devils undercuts stationary trams evolution death by embarrassment yeah so it's really been a bad couple of years hasn't it you plebs being from overseas probably don't know how rubbish this desert island's been but I can assure you it's been worse than an Australian nightmare Island, some bloody Nimrod blew up a second-rate power station in the industrial wastelands of Melbourne. What's going on there? I thought that kind of thing only happened in the Gulf War when we saw back in January. Except we saw some guys plumbing explode because some western suburbs both in sewage had backed up past Werribee. Seriously disappointing. Recession. Bob Hawke started things off well, but ended up spending the country's money on his own Foster's beer face mask. Paul Keating's pretty hilarious, but visited his death when he called Joan Kerner a hot auntie. Seriously pathetic and disengaging for all with human eyes. Pyramid building society. I lost my life savings from those punks. A bunch of Geelong hillbillies get in suits and start screaming yuppie down their anus at poor mongrels who don't drive land roads. Yuppies have taken advantage of this downturn and I've lost at least $340,000 of my dad's World War II gun collection. He actually hit a Japanese zero in his backyard along with Tojo's sunglasses, which I accidentally wore to a things of stone and wood gear and got punched in the face for being too violent. Ooh, I was angered by this apparent ease of waltzing through the front gate. Toothless, brainless security wretches, grinning with envy as the white knight and his sleek German speed machine slipped through the front gate. Like a VIP toe-carter entering the Hall of Mirrors just after he's torn his career into tatters for trashing his vomit bin after 20 minutes of flip-fisting and organism in the back of an Egyptian anti-aircraft cyclops. down what I call the death circuit. It's 2am. I'm flying around corners without brakes. Um, I've got a tea tray set up on my dashboard with English breakfast, um, Irish breakfast and Earl Lady Grey. And then here you go. Exactly what I'm doing tonight. 
I would like to say that this is meaningful, but it's not. It just feels, it feels good. It, it fuels my inner and endless anger, my unrelenting lack of tranquility, which the world creates, because I'm the Beatmaster General, delivering bad news to the masses, purely of my own choice, of my own, out of my own presence of mind, and as this speeding hunk of metal wars past sleeping dodos in their warm, comfortable beds, as I prepare for a world which is imminent, night terrors which never end, and a picture of the future which is bleaker than Graham Kennedy's goggle eyes. And those eyes, they trap my laughter in a flaming box and flush it into the depths of hell. That's a bit dramatic, but it's the only way I can really express the place that I'm in at the moment. Um, you might, look, you might think it's easy sitting around watching daytime TV in your undies in Burke Street Mall, but I'll tell you what, Graham Kennedy has a death stare of Satan when he wants to. He's a real bitch. He's double-faced. He saves the good, his good side for TV, but wait till you get to know him after hours, after dark. Good luck with that in heaven. Well, how's all this been achieved? and hotted up grandpas. I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank you group of unthankful old timers for allowing me to join your Toastmasters club and although this was a community based order and you actually couldn't say no, I'd like to show my supreme gratitude and say that you've changed my life. It's true. I'd like first of all to thank Kenny Rommel Spitbergen Oh, the first night I rocked up at this old hall on a cold, dark night six weeks ago, I was actually pretty scared. I'd never done public speaking before, but 
Kenny Rommel made me feel welcome by standing in the corner with a cold, distant, murderous look, muttering obscenities in German under his breath. By week two, he was sharing schnapps with me in my car park, and his initial aggression made me respect him as the true tough guy he really was. This was cemented in iron when, a few hours after finishing the bottle of schnapps, I got into an argument with him over whether Jeff Kennett was a fascist bully boy. Unfortunately, I did open up flying into a drunken rage over this argument and did punch the 80 year old in the head. Sorry Kenny, yeah really sorry mate, but I'll tell you what, thanks to an allied shell, half of his skull is made of metal. Kesara Sara. The second and last person I'd like to thank is, of course, Betty Crable. Although she spent the last week or so running away from what she refers to as the poo runner, she has been making crumpets and delicious and gorgeous cups of tea every week since I started my retrospective improved speeches and stories six weeks ago. I'm actually pretty worried about her as the last time I saw her she was cowering behind a pillar in a dark section of the disused platform for at Box Hill Station. I know that she's elderly, but she's more paranoid than Peter Paradox and his latest bottle of dingo placenta. However, to all of the rest of you old mongrels, you can get stuffed. You've sat there in judgment as I've shared my monolithic stories in my pitiful transition into the Australian 90s. You've sat there in your old moth-bitten brown suits, thick glasses, hearing aids and drooling mouths. All ten of you have just sat there in silence. No applause, no response, no beer sculling. You don't even laugh at my cruel jokes. Thanks for nothing, frog haters. Especially you in the front row, Judge Dredd. Yeah, that's right, mate. Turn your hearing aid up. If only you, yeah, one of you sat there like Red Simon with a golf or something, that would actually make things interesting. Your speeches, which I mostly walk out of, bore me to tears. Stick to your day job, you blackened hearts. You failed me for your last time, you lack of kindness ass bangers. Alright, enough of the formalities, okay? So I'm going to step up the plate and end the six weeks of Magic Bites sharing how I finally turned my back on being the wannabe 80s born yuppie and came to the Box Hill flesh-coated, fatted pig rocking the night with the steel and violence. It's exactly what I mean and that's what I intend to talk about and I will. And if you don't think so, then a couple earful of this, you fat... Elderlies. Chilling answers beyond the brink. Killing panthers makes me stink. Listen to doves as I load my shotgun. They'll pay the price for my violent fun. Listen to my hips as I smash through walls, looking for victims of the man with huge balls. <laughs> How about that, eh? How about that, eh? Outcomes of today, I end up winning a fight with a vicious and steadfast rage. Next outcome, I get an awesome new car called Skeletor. <laughs> uh, I got an awesome new car called Skeletor which doesn't need air conditioning. <laughs> I got... <laughs>
Hey Fuzzbird, get us another canister of alcohol. Greenwood Stout is here. Everyone at the Burvale cheer for Ringwood Stout. Ringwood Stout. Come and have a great party. I'm 50% healthy. I went to the doctor last week and the doctor said I'm 50% healthy. That was a report. So I feel alright about it. Uh, once or twice I've drove past an injured person or eight. They looked relieved when they saw me, yours truly driving the white bandage chariot, and they became elated just for a few seconds until I came up to date with current affairs. Um, a lone wolf, the night owl, the night crawler, the midnight pacemaker, the invisible vigilante, the essential reptile, was driving an ex-ambulance and attempting to help the maimed and injured on his own accord. No qualifications needed, no bandages in the back of my filthy wagon, no drugs, no booze, no women, no rock and roll, no nothing, no mind. Only in Fuzzburn's unknown corpse, stomach in his attic, wild blonde hair, winner in a rolling winery, slowing down to peruse the local flesh of random civilians. I make their dreams come true as they think they're being saved. Then in an instant their dreams turn into a nightmare as they realise they're in the back of what could be described as a truck fit for murdering folks. Rusty bullets, old newspapers, gold bullion in the shape and colour of Fuzzburn's faeces, photos of myself doing shit, doing push-ups, doing shit and push-ups at the same time doing sit-ups in my own piss and doing handstands in my own form. Um. Alright, so... Oh, ah, lesson four. Look, my... I've got a sore pain through my shoulder and that today, so I'm going to make it... probably make it a quick one because... I'm just not feeling myself tonight. I don't feel that comfortable. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Tonight's lesson. How? What could I say about it? Uh, rancid sewage breath. My delight. Your destiny. No. No. You are not. A D-grade celeb. You are a circuit pig and I'm a hunter. That's an expression. Uh, that's an Australian expression. Uh, chicken faces caked in feces. Face me with the facets of future fasting as I ran out from my life in an establishment labelled a motel. A motel? You know what I mean. In the suburb of Mont Albert. About 20 minutes drunken stagger, you know what I mean, from this classroom. Right up the road, White Horse Road, like a bloody galloping horse up the road. The motel I'm referring to is known as the Marunda Motel and contains some of the most sordid secrets, morbid secretions and biggest human-sized rat traps this side of Maranoa Gardens. And I'm not joking. I'm not joking about that. I'm not having a laugh, I'm not messing around, 
I'm not pulling your leg, I'm not pulling your wool over your eyes, I'm not pulling your rug from under your feet, I'm not trying to make things out to be any different from what they are in this 3D reality that's right there in front of you, that's sitting right in front of your eyes. I wouldn't do that. It's not my nature, it's not my character, it's not in the learning outcomes of this lesson. So why would I? I'm sticking to the plan tonight because I've got to get through this quickly. Because my shoulder is just, I'm not, it's, you know, I've already told you that, you know what I mean. Anyway, so, alright, so, alright, move aside Hotel California, because this place was as intriguing as a neon lit midnight city yard, I'm telling you, looking like a scene out of Ghoulies 4. I mean, this place has mystery, it's got crime, it's got drugs, activity, murder, quivering desks of Box Hill Plaza circa 1984, I mean, this place has got the works. It's got everything. So by this time, Widdishton's gone to bed, so I had to wander around the motel attempting to find our room. I kicked in at least seven doors, screaming, Oh, Tommy gun time, it's killing time! That's a way to scare shit out of people in the hotel when you're going room to room. Didn't go down too well with most of the rooms, because they're screaming in guild or inviting me in for bongs, sandwiches there and that. Eventually, I find my room, Johnny Widdishton's uh, moving like a detached robot. That night, I hear the neighbourhoods doing voodoo themselves, a guy shooting cops and he's sleeping that. And I'm imagining with my ears in my mind, you know? My ears are just in my mind. And then I see this guy squatting on Whitehorse Road, putting out his demons, and he said to be saying with his screams, you know? That's, yeah, it's always like that. You know, when you get down there, it's just it's like a big look. So that, that was then, this is now. I'm here 15 weeks, sick of the noise, looking for a new adventure. I decided to approach my mates, H.E. Barrett, who told me the unkept brick house next to Souls looking for a tenant. I'm approaching his flannel, wearing bong heads about a room. They've been more pleasant than flying sloths and all that. They literally are sloths, smoking their billy bongs, watching Hunter as I go off and look after the streets. So listen to Drifted off to sleep in the back of my truck when all of a sudden, whack! To my horror, a possum has suicided against the side window of my truck. It's bloody brown, steaming guts dripping down the glass, and in what actually would make a really good scene out of Rambo or Truckloader's um, comedy horror, Waverly Cinema Wake. Uh, Alright, so why did it? You gotta ask yourself, why is it throwing its fury body at my old white hunk of a car? Was it a fleeting, hungry, greedy fox? Or, think about this, had it received a fax from the Kennet government that its fur was about to be turned into fake haircuts for losers? Food for thought. You better judge. I wouldn't know. I don't know. D don't ask me. But I was there and I saw it. Uh, so there I am, I slide out of my falcon, um, now when I say falcon, not it's exactly a car, it's like a falcon shaped sleeping bag, and I'll put my leather hand grenade jacket on, and went out into the rain to have this, give this furry beast a, a, a kind of a funeral, 
it never deserved a little maggot, but I uh, believe in compassion. Anyway, as I, got, I get closer to its cake remains on my car window, and to my horror, another flying suicide furball hit me like a kamikaze pilot, aiming at a ship full of bread gun ammunition, shipped off to make human meat out of the yellow peril. That's probably racist, but you know, it's just it's just a saying, it's an expression, it doesn't it's just an idiom in English, it doesn't mean anything, so don't be offended at it. Um, we don't want to get too politically correct. Alright, so now I'll tell you, this was a real low point for me. Knowing the possums are hurling their little bodies at Salt Man like I was a death magnet, set on the high kill me setting. Slap! Another one ends. Smack bang on the window against my sagging yellow urine and dog blood soaked undies. This was unbelievable. I mean, what was happening? Was I in the middle of some kind of heavy metal nightmare, gone to the extreme? And, you know, it's like getting to the mystical depths of a dream invented by machines, which feed on a demonic thirst for knowing who shot me five times ago while pooing on the front doorstep of Barry Coldine's robotic drug palace. That, that kind of thing. That sort of, I think it, you know what I mean. I mean, anyway, so, all right, so the second possum's blood ran into me now. You know what I mean? But I finally tasted the sweet, warm taste of its juicy and native meat. It was like a thousand years of evolution flashed, flashed past, like they say, your life flashes before your eyes, like that. But, like my wasted, drunken eyes, I should say. And, pardon me, and it's like the beauty of nature, Australian marsupials and the sting of hot lead. I, I started rubbing the exploded dead possums all over my body and hair. You know, I, I just did. That was just my reaction. It was like, it was a reflex action. And I was screaming as I ate them in worthy and significantly terrifying, I would say terrifying hunger. I, I was, I'll admit, like I enjoyed the dead bodies and I thoroughly, I thoroughly appreciated their sacrificial flying fox meal on imaginary wheels. It's pretty much like the Aboriginals, they, they, they appreciate everything. So me and Fuzz Blaster came up with the idea of falling over at Box Hill Plus and suing the maggots for everything they've got. So before we went in, before we went in, I thought I thought the best way to fall over was to get all up like slippery sardine or, in a, or a, a, a man in a rat fight. So Fuzz Burton got some expired fish and chip oil from John Stargos who worked at his uncle's place of uh, Bocky Burgers. Look, the oil was pretty second rate, but I looked pretty strange entering the front door plaza looking like a greasy ghost. But hey, it's the 90s, so who's going to say anything? So I've walked in past the community billboard, past Kmart and Safeway, and noticed a nice spot in front of a healthy appetite and quality meats to go for a sixer. One problem was that it actually it was actually pretty late. Right? 
So, I mean, most people had gone home. It's like after seven o'clock. Now, there's only a few people around, so maybe not enough witnesses to see yours truly, the great white Labrador, break his neck on capitalism. But I saw a nice spot, you know, and I decided to, to slip over. As I was slipping, I did a huge fart and some little bit, some little um, kibbles of poo started to come out. And at the same time, uh, Fuzzy, I mean, he was so, he was so oily that he started slipping towards me. And I hit the floor on the ass so hard that the poo was forced out of, out of me stubby shorts. You know, I mean, not a pretty sight. But look, I was screaming in agony. And agony and intrigue, to be honest, because Fuzzburn also landed headfirst on McNoggin. You know, bang, right in the noggin, bang. People turned around to see two greasy shirtless men screaming in agony at the top of each other. Feces leaking out on the floor. Oh, and the whole place has gone silent. And, and that's when I screamed out, they made me slip and crab me decks. I want money in copaitis. Ah, oh, so yeah, no, that was we. It was pretty bad. We were we were on the ground for about twenty minutes. I mean, we were we were both injured, and no one was coming up as a witness. But for about the next hour, I've tried to act like I was getting injured by throwing my shirtless body, you know, across the shop windows, uh, poles, empty corridors, but look, no, nothing happening, to no avail. And I, I was bleeding, I was bruised, I was sweating, I was urinating myself. Uh, security came to tell me to get out, and they didn't believe me because I stunk of metho, so I've decided to go up the escalator and try and hijack Plaza FM again. Halfway up the escalator, Fuzzburn hugged me, so I threw myself off the escalator into the abyss. Oh, now I fell at least, I reckon it's got to be at least 10 metres. Uh, now I'm falling like in a dilap dilapidated fleshy mannequin. And the great white Labrador ended up falling on the money fountain with a great white belly whacker into the water. I was lucky to be alive and I strangely got an award for the best breast drop since Jack Daniels was thrown through a shop window for stabbing monkeys at Box Hill Mall. I mean, that, that's what it was like. Now, Fastburn and I, after that, we tried Box Hill AMF bowling. You know, slipping over and suing, suing. But I told Fuzzburn, this is what I said, I'll act normal, keep bowling no matter what. And I've got Ronald McDonald shoes, and I've attempted, you know, I've, I've, I've had a go slipping in front of the manager. I ended up slipping and flying down towards the bins. You know, I got, now I've got wedged in the pin machine thing that, you know, collects the pins. And Fuzzburn kept bowling. He's kept bowling, and me screams, you know, screams of agony were covered by Fuzzburn. Fuzzburn's, oh, I'm acting normal routine. I'm acting very normal. And uh, three, three, <laughs> three, 
you know, like three games in, three games later, I'm still wedged there, getting, you know, <laughs> you know, smashed in me balls and that, smashed around the balls, the ass, the legs, by fucking pins and hatred, you know. I mean, what a disaster. Well, so the end, of, the long and short of it was, okay, so I didn't sue anyone, you know, so much for that. But also, Fuzzburn injured me so bad that I can't, that I can't even torture him. What a nightmare. Oh, jeez, the things you do, eh? Anyway, that was me week, pretty much. Uh, well, I reckon I'll leave it there, over and out. Stinkwood battle. Power. Drive. Scow. Reaper. Laughter, cheese, thunder, fire, helmet, nuclear holocaust, cops. These are the sounds I heard around me last night in my car crash into Coonan Creek. <laughs> yeah, cop that nerds. In case you're wondering who I am, I am Saltman. Also known as Jeff, Jeff, Riff, Kenard, 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 Johnny Hot Dog, Johnny Hot Dogs. Also known as Phil the Russian, Killer of Jaws. Good evening students, tonight is the first of our 8 to 46, between 8 and 46 week class in a curriculum I've entitled A POWER COURSE 2000 Now I understand that many, many, many of you probably thought you'd enrolled into Mr. Rivers' economics class. But he's not coming back. Never. He's never coming back! <sighs> well, I mean, I'm in a pretty good mood today. Uh, why? Good question. Glad you asked. It's good that you've got inquiring, inquiring minds. Uh, it's good to ask questions. Not too many. It's a waste of time. If you stand there asking questions, you're fine. But you just waste heaps of time. Up to half an hour, an hour. Two hours, half the day, and in the end, half your life. So don't do it. But ask some questions, but not not to a ridiculous degree. Um, you know, there's a line. There's always a line in life, and you, you reach the line, and that's when you sort of, you know, you're living right. And if you cross the line, then you, you're crossing over the dark side. Much and your wife will kill yourself. 
because you, you're stuffing up and you, you're sort of polluting the nation and that. And when that happens, the whole thing goes to the dogs. I'll just have a sip of my coffee. Oh, that's rich. It's rich as. Hold on. Oh, I reckon. Whoa. No, that's rich as. It's like, that's sweet as a nut. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I don't care. That's sweet as a nut, that is. Right, so now I'm in a good mood. I'm remembering the uh, hell pal Fuzzburn birthday misfortunes pretty much today. Uh, he just turned 38. And what an <laughs> And I'll tell you what, the bloke's turned 38 and what an utter, utter loser if Buddha ever gave birth. I'll tell you what, this guy, this guy, you wouldn't want to know him, you wouldn't want to meet him, you wouldn't want to say hello to him, you wouldn't want to say goodbye to him. I was lying on the wonderful lounge room. There were white walls, thick carpet, and paintings of Belgians throwing credit cards at plastic Bertrand, while he floats above thick clouds of angry Flemish farmers, hurling pitchforks into an inflated Statue of Liberty, which was actually a life-size dummy of J. Edgar Hoving in a dressing gown, holding a German stick grenade above his head. And I thought to myself, what in the blazes? What in the Gary Coleman and Webster is going on? So at first I thought it was just another weekend where Percy and Byron slipped a little something into my glass of metho. And 15 hours later, I'm in Charles Manson-esque vomit party territory. Well, not, a, not the case, not here. I could hear a French man talking over some classical music. All of a sudden, Gabriel Gautier walks in. I'm in his house, waking from a violent slumber. He turns out to be really nice and understands that I've lost my footing when I ran towards him, just trying to say hello in a culturally sensitive way. And he turns to me and first thing he says, oh, in the France, if you see someone, you give someone a polywaffle chocolate bar or maybe a Kit Kat strawberry special edition. <laughs> but anyway, he offers for me to stay for dinner, which was so amazing. I started screaming, thank you, Gebba! Thank you, Gebba! Episode 1. Episode 1. Episode 1, Windmill Plaza. Episode 1, Mill Windmill Plaza. Episode 1, Mill Windmill Plaza. Well, 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 well. Episode 1, Windmill Plaza. Hey mate, come on. Hey, fair go, right? I've had a hard day. You know I had to repair the tractor today. I had to pull off all the wheels and replace them with eagle's eyes, alright? And you know how hard that is. I have to take it up to change my tyre in order. You know, I had to fill in three pints of fuel. I had to tie it off the carburetor with a tight wire to keep the show on the road. I had to sew a couple of koalas onto the front bubble bar 
and I had to shoot two eagles right out of the air just to take a dinner meal for the middle of the day, all right? So don't you give me a hard time. Don't give me a hard time. You know that you, you don't give me a hard time. I've talked to you about this before. So you can't just come here and say that sort of thing because I'm going to read this thing, all right? I've got to just record it in here, okay? Just settle down. Just settle down. There's no need for it. Like, you don't need to go off the rocker like that. Just settle down. Still recording. Just sit down. Don't stress out, all right? I've got to read the script. I've got to read the script, okay? I've got to read it. I've got to read this with my eyes, with my mouth into the microphone. So you can't just sit there. You've got to sit there and just listen. Because if you come over here and keep playing that, after I start recording, if you keep running out of here and saying that, I've got to read the script, don't you know? There's words out here on the piece of paper, and I've got to read in the microphone, and that goes in the computer and records the sound, right? And then you can listen back to it. And people can listen back to it and just enjoy it. What a great episode it is, okay? It's just as it's not me. Take the idea. Let me read the script, okay? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Just sit back and relax and have a beer. And have you, uh, have you koala ales. And just sit back under the gun tree. And feel a certain portion of the gun tree, right? Just take me easy, all right? And start the episode. Just start the episode. Just take it easy and start the episode. All right, all right, right. settle down, mate. Right? No, settle down, all right? Just take it easy. Yeah, fresh start, fresh start. New start allowance, mate. Give us some allowance for a new start, right? Well, I've got to start again. It's a new style allowance, right? You give me allowance for a new style, that's what I'm talking about. So I'm just going to read this, just take these and keep going relaxed and just join. Strap your seatbelt, right? Yeah, strap your seatbelt. Back up in the back seat. Even in the back seat, don't be a back seat driver. You're being a back seat driver, don't tell me what to say. I'm just going to read off the script. Just back up in the back seat, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm going to read off the script. Come on, mate. Thumbs up for good luck. The good aids. Do you like the good aids? We got the good aids. You've got to get aids, get the good aids. Um, episode 7, Japanese, episode 7, the good aids. A poem, a gorgeous little poem, ready for the speaking, ready for the telling. Look, lock and key, fiddle D. Look at me, riddled with speed. Spastic mead, fancy me pee. Hell at Reed, Christopher Chopperee. Sprinkle the mole flakes, burly surly dull rakes. No way to dance, raise the stake, Milburn. Time to cast lots, till the coffin I'll be doing shots. shots. That was a little poem I wrote. It very, very, very late at night. About 18 hours into the night, um, on a special clock that I've got, which um, can you extend you deep into the night uh, until you're asking yourself, will there really be a morning? So all had gone to hell, another humiliating loss. What a joke, what a, st- a stick, what a stuck up, a pure, a pure. Joke. Joke. I was offered a spot on Ernie Sigley and Denise Drysdale show Showdown in Alabama, codenamed for Whispering Smack, Whispering Smackhead, and Chevy's Island. So I headed up there to appear on the show. I did extra lines, took five extra pairs of undies, hair grease, rats, blood bags, under my eyes, terminated sunglasses, with glowing red eyes, and made the trek to Sydney Opera Harbour. I landed, got into cab, headed to the studio. 
I was welcomed by Ernie's son, Jeffrey, top bloke then, uh, and we hung out, you know, with Ernie Dingo drinking from the vodka fountain. I met Sigley, uh, Denise, they were nice, very funny. Yeah, just started filming. So the, uh, they started introducing me as a plastic warrior. warrior. When all of a sudden Ray Martin appeared, and I almost swallowed my tongue in shock. I mean, I went in for a chest pump, but then he stole the show to say that I was at the con man and had killed the, uh, the um, greasy wallabies, pillaged Box Hill and ruined the nation of Nauru. He started asking me questions. I froze in my seat as the camera zoomed in. I just sat there with my sunglasses on, right on the, across my eyes, shaking my head, sweating and bleeding out of my eyes, dropping down into my white suit. All of a sudden, Ernie Sigley did a huge fart. It sounded like leather ripping, like a German machine gun. We started roaring with laughter, I mean real laughter. Lights started exploding from the energy, sparks flying down and people rolling asthmatically and vomiting on themselves, wetting their adult diapers. And all of a sudden, I started floating above the scene. And I, I mean, things were really weird. Everyone's face was evolving, evolving into cyclops and minotaurs. And I started flying on a magic carpet. Uh, like the, you know, that weirdo in the Benny, uh, Benny Mardone song. Um, and I was just flying down the Hume Highway and then the Eastern. And all of a sudden I was dumped and found myself on my back in the nocturnal village. I woke up and things were totally different, but at the same time, exactly the same. All of the construction post boom, the Filipinos, the nightclub, cinema, heroin poppies, everything, gone. It was like it was a few months ago and I was utterly confused. I was covered in soot, vomit, ale, lagers, pilsners, and we seemed to be just doing our normal stuff. You know, Raf was dancing to meatloaf, everyone else was either around the campfire singing Bogan's Heroes or just passed out in the open latrine. It took me probably an hour to 2.5 hours of arguing with the nocturnal village boys to realise an absolute shocking realisation. None of the last few months had ever happened. I'd been drinking like a lizard at the election party, did some magic mushrooms, took a huge sweep from my dog's blood bag and then went AWOL for a few weeks. I passed out during the election party where Raf declared himself president and to my absolute shock and relief, the following hadn't actually happened. None of these things that I'm down to list happened. No Box Hill Historical Society attack, they didn't even exist. No Richmond Institute war, no Mick and Marty and AIDS boys, that's, that's disappointing. No Ninja Blitz at Wulong. No Nauru House Collapse, no Double Ernie Demise, no Killing of Mr. Cruel. Sad. It was all a dream. All a dream. Oh well. Oh well. The Bunyip Bashes dynasty never happened, so I was back to square one, basically. But safe to say, square one is better than square zero. I asked Funburn what the heck I'd been up to. He just shrugged his shoulders up and down 
indifferently and said, Dunno, salt runner, dunno. I was covered in blood, wearing a blue jumpsuit, and Skeletor was down to his bloody chassis again. Thousands of shell casings inside. What the heck had I been up to? Impe impeccably timed, Sergeant Higgins and Sergeant Brinsky rock up and say, Reginald, we'd like you to come down to the station. We've got a few questions we'd like to answer for you. It's going to be a long night, so bring your hip flask and warmed up dog's blood bag along with your falcon sleeping bag. I just sniggered, got me stuff, got to the panel van. Oh well, easy come, sleazy go, hey? Rip it up, Tan Santa. I'll keep you posted on posters of myself. I'll write you some letters. So, send you faxes with facts. Don't lose sleep, you sons of bastards. Love is all. Peace to this good life.